Welcome to the Active Training Team podcast, where we talk about sharing ideas, adding value and increasing engagement in safety leadership. My name is Adam Christopher and I'm a director at ATT. Active Training Team use film, live drama and facilitated workshops to explore behaviour in the world of safety, health and well-being. We're back with the second part of our mini-series exploring the huge topic of young people in construction. In part one, we heard how renewable energy giant Orsted were facing the double challenge of finding young people to come and work in their industry and keeping them safe once they're there. This time around, we're going to focus on how we support young people from the more challenging socio-economic backgrounds to help them get into construction and what the benefits of doing that can bring to the industry, the young people themselves and the wider community. Has there ever been a more important time to talk about this? We know that young people have been hit particularly hard by the pandemic and I'm not just talking about the disruption to education that COVID has caused. Young people account for nearly two-thirds of all job losses since March 2020. And a recent report published by the National Youth Agency and Youth Employment UK warned that without fundamental change in how young people are supported, far too many will be left behind. And we all know what young people are. They're the future. In a bit, you'll hear from Costain's programme director for HS2, Lee Davis, as well as Kieran and Ike. They're a couple of inspirational young fellas working for Cementation Scanscore, an HS2 sprawling construction site in and around Euston Station in London. You know, I get to talk to some amazing people doing this podcast. I'm a lucky man. But first, to Carol Lynch. Carol is CEO of the Construction Youth Trust, which is a charity doing incredible work with young people across the country, encouraging them to think about careers in construction. We recently held our Your Choice workshop at Lewisham College in South London and invited some of the Trust's trainees to come along and take part. Now, the Construction Youth Trust has been around for quite a while, but Carol told me that in recent years, the charity has put a focus on challenging some of the barriers that are stacking the system against young people from less privileged backgrounds. So it has been going for a very long time. It's been going for about 60 years and it was set up by the construction industry and For about the last 10 to 15 years, it's been very much focused on how do we, as an industry, reach out to a more diverse range of talent in this country and how do we encourage a more diverse range of talent. Definitely social mobility is a really big part of of what we do. The statistics tell us that if you come from a professional background, you are far more likely, if your parents were professionals, to earn more money and have a successful career and have a professional career than you are if your family hasn't come from an affluent background. Part of our rationale and our reason for being is to make sure that we are not disadvantaging young people simply through lack of knowledge and through lack of social capital. So it's lack of knowledge. You just aren't told about the different range of careers that are available. So you're relying on your own family network to tell you what careers are available. If you're a child in care or if you come from a family with a history of long-term unemployment, you don't have that social capital or those networks. So that's what we're trying to do. We're almost trying to be a sort of, you know, an alternative to young people who maybe don't have the social capital 
that we can say, right, well, we know that employer down the road and we're going to phone them and see if we can, you met our colleague Wendy and she'll be on the phone going, look, I've got a great young person here in front of me. So we're almost trying to be like leveling the playing field so that young people who don't have the social capital can come to us and can come to the industry. Carol told me why she loves her job and why she thinks it's so important. I started out life as a civil engineer in the construction sector. I loved working in the sector. It made me who I am, to be honest, some good and bad things about who I am. But it really shaped me because it gave me so much responsibility. If you were able to take responsibility, this is a workplace that gives it to you. And I just think it's such an accessible and interesting sector. And I just feel so sad that more young people aren't aware of it and aren't aware of the opportunities it could offer. So for Carol, it's about raising awareness. And when it comes to health and safety, challenging what can be a toxic culture. When I worked in construction, and that was 30 years ago, it was certainly more male dominated than it is now. There was quite a macho, a macho culture. And that was quite a strong culture that somehow health and safety wasn't really real. It wasn't for the real men. It was something that was, you know, why if you're going to pay attention to that banner saying, don't go into that area, then you can't be a real man. And I think what's really interesting for the young people we we are working with who are involved in, you know, in different peer relationships, sometimes gang affiliations, you can see in a very different context, but exactly that human dynamic is happening in the lives of young people. And I think that was really interesting for the young people to see that. And some of the young people talked about that, didn't they? They talked about what, what is leadership. I'm going to give you a word. And I just want you to instinctively, and honestly, it doesn't matter what you say, I want you to instinctively say the first word that comes to your mind. Right? And the first word I'm going to give to you is leadership. Role model. Role model? Yeah, yeah, role model. Difficult. Difficult, can be difficult. Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela, yes, we think of people sometimes, don't we? And there's definitely some natural born leaders. Brave. Motivated. Empathy. Empathy. What else? Yeah. Not scared to take risks. Actually, being not scared. What do you need to not be scared? Courage. Self confidence. We were just using that word confidence. You know, I was pleasantly surprised by some of the discussions that took place at our events in Lewisham. It's easy to look at people, young people, who haven't had the privilege I've had and make assumptions, be biased. What do they know? They wouldn't understand what leadership is, what good leadership is. Well, the guys I met had a pretty clear understanding of what leadership meant to them. Who here sees themselves as a leader? I would say that like, if I was to say something, people would like, respect my word, you know what I'm saying, and actually listen. And why do you think people listen to you? Um, maybe because they respect me. Yeah. yeah, so actually I would say that is a leader. It doesn't being respected when I say something, even if other people don't agree with me, that is leadership, being able to stand up for what I think is right, even though I know it's not going to be the popular choice. For a lot of young people, that's the reality of their lives, that they are being given those choices. Do I go along with what the group think? Or do I say, no, I'm going to listen to what my mum says because I think that's the right thing to do? You know, So I don't think it's that different in terms of the human dynamic that's happening. Isn't this about having a voice? Actually, it's more than that. 
It's about being given a voice. And if we want to be heard ourselves, if we want to be respected and have what we say valued, perhaps we need to suspend our agenda long enough and give the people around us a chance to feel genuinely heard themselves. So we need to empower young people to use their voice. But when it comes to modelling leadership, the right role models are key, whether it's Nelson Mandela or someone closer to home. What young people tell us is in their day-to-day lives, the people that they look up to or that are quite big figures in their lives are not necessarily people who are encouraging them to make positive choices or responsible choices. And so what we try to do is show young people themselves in the world of work on the basis of, you know, the adage, you can't be what you can't see. So introduce young people that are relatable. So not necessarily meeting somebody who's in their 50s and has had a career behind them. They're great and inspirational figures, but actually meeting someone who maybe is just two or three steps ahead. That is really powerful because if they see a direct pathway, someone who maybe went to their school, So maybe, you know, I was in this school two years ago and this is what I've done. And now I'm doing an apprenticeship and I'm an apprentice carpenter over here. And someone who's probably like unlike me doesn't look and sound like their mum. They're going to listen much more to someone that looks and sounds like them. Now, you're about to meet a 22 year old and a 25 year old who are pretty perfect examples of what Carol is talking about there. They work for Cementation Skanska and we went to meet them at work in a psych cabin on their tea break. But we had to make our way past some pretty tight security first on this high-profile infrastructure project. Lorraine, can I show your visitor's pass, please? Thank you. It's early doors. It's about quarter past eight in the morning. and I've just arrived at the HS2 site in Euston in central London. I'm going to be talking to a couple of fellas who are relatively new to construction just to get a clear understanding of how they came to work here and how they're finding it so far. So I'm with Ike and Kieran. Yeah, I'm Ike, and yeah, I'm an apprentice, pilot apprentice. Uh, How long have you been in this job? Um, I've been in this job since I'll say December, so a while now, and it's my first proper job, and it's a big project as well. So it's all new to me, but I'm getting used to things like each day. Uh, Kieran Williams, work for Cementation Scout School, uh, pilot operative going towards Gangaman. How long have you worked in construction? Uh, I think this year has probably gone on five years. Five years? Yeah, but I did an apprenticeship like you done for two years. So you're going towards being a gang? Oh, yeah, Gangaman supervisor type thing. How does that happen? It's just, you learn what you're doing in your job, how to keep things running, and then um, if you show willingness and asked, I think you start off as a trainee, and then once they feel comfortable and you know what you're doing, then they'll put you up. And how do you prove yourself? Well, one, keeping people in line, two, remembering what you're doing, keeping the job going, getting their production that they want and um, keeping everything safe. How important is it in that role for you to be able to get on with people? How important is it? Oh, very important because you've got different people. Some are moody, some are happy, some don't want to do stuff. Some are like very willing to help you in what you need to do. So you just got to know how to deal with people, work them out and then... Because most people outside of work are different from what they are inside. Yeah, that's 
So yeah, just going out, getting to know them, taking time out, speaking to them. If you know they're upset, you know, trying to get in there a bit and saying, oh yeah, what's wrong and whatever else. And then you get to know people, I guess. Okay. And, and like, what made you want to work in construction? Yeah, I was just in college and I was working at McDonald's. Uh, to be honest, um, it was my sister, I'll say, because I'm a chilled, like laid back guy. So she actually told me to apply myself and actually do something and be more productive in myself. I'm more of a hands-on type of person. I like being creative or doing stuff with my hands. So she just gave me the idea of going into construction. And your nan helped you? Yeah, yeah, 100%, yeah. My nan was the person that found me this job and she wants all of her grandkids to have good jobs. Because when I was working at Sainsbury's, she was the one that would be sitting down. I go to her every day after work. She'd be on her laptop and looking for jobs and everything. She put this piling one to me. I was like, oh, don't think I can do that. Don't know what it is. Exactly. don't want to do it I got a little bit agitated because it's, that's probably the fear in me because I don't know what it is I don't know if I'll be good at it so mm. yeah she's like just do it and probably the best thing I've ever done right now to be fair she's really proud like really really proud yeah because when I was growing up I was a bit like my attitude wise was bad like I went to like three different colleges and things like that so when I kind of found myself that's where she got a bit more proud of me because you grow up a bit more and things like that so Ike's relatively new and just starting to get used to this environment. And Kieran's made his family proud. That's a good feeling, isn't it? But it wasn't an easy ride. Construction sites can be pretty intimidating places, particularly if you're young and new and having to deal with some of that residual machismo Carol mentioned earlier. So how do you adapt to this new culture? It's a different environment from going to a construction site and working in Sainsbury's. So it was a bit weird because I stepped on site and you got all these old people and kind of like middle-aged people looking at you like this. I think because I'm around males, it's weird because, you know, males aren't like, they won't go straight towards you, but like, hi, mate, how are you? Some people will, but majority of them won't. So it's like you got to put yourself in a deep end, jump in and then say, hi, you're right. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? But depends on your personality. It yeah. can be, yeah, it can be very weird. Do. Yeah, it's, it's daunting because you just feel like the new... It's a new dog in town, isn't it? So it's like, oh, what do I do? What do I say? I don't want to say the wrong thing. Okay, so the difference between working in Sainsbury's and McDonald's and then coming to work for Cementation. Oh, yeah. I have to clarify, there's nothing wrong with doing either of those two. Yeah, but, yeah there's nothing everyone, wrong with doing yeah, 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 it. Wrong different. Them. But working in, in McDonald's or Sainsbury's did help in the future. Like, talking with people and, you know, there's certain people you just don't get along with that you have to work with. So it helps. How important is it for someone like yourself, Kieran, who've, who've been doing this job, for when the new people come in, like I care, how important is it that you are available to people like... Oh, no, like, I think, yeah, that's a good question, to be fair, because um, I feel like when they come on site, I try to make them feel welcome, and if something's going on and they don't know about it, I kind of put them with me and I say, look, this is this, this is why we're doing this, and stuff like that. So it's like a sense of welcoming to make them feel more comfortable because no one wants to come in their job and feel like oh no one wants to talk to me um I don't know why I'm doing this and I feel scared to ask so when you make someone feel more comfortable as they go on they can be like oh yeah they, I can do this and that and then people that probably haven't worked with them can see what they can do and think oh how did he know that and he's only just started do you know what I mean so it makes more sense and why is that important from a safety perspective do you think well yeah it causes less injuries because obviously people think that young people that come in the construction site are more prone to accidents. So if they know what's actually going on for the ball game, then it probably 
lesson that down. Do you know what I mean? So I don't think that statement is wrong that we're more prone to accidents. Obviously, we're less experienced, but we'll be more alert because we'll be scared. <laughs> My first day here on actual site, I didn't want to touch anything because I didn't. I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to hurt myself. And when I heard about people getting injured, dying, and things like that, I was like, "Whoa! I don't want that to happen to yeah, me." So I think that creates a a bit of fear in someone and then when they actually get to do something they yeah. might not be as comfortable doing something so there's a knock-on effect yeah well when you do talk to people and like make them feel comfortable things get better and you get more knowledge about things so you're even more safer and you won't be scared to actually do things correctly as well so so I think going on courses like that, like you guys do, it helps you because then there might be some things that we haven't seen on the construction site that we get shown in those plays and then we can just take that on board from there. So I think that helps as well. I think it's opening your mind a bit more to what's actually out there and what could actually happen. It was really heartening for me to hear that from Kieran. And from what Ike was saying, perhaps young people do have a healthy wariness when they first step onto a site. They're kind of consciously incompetent, if you like. Ike certainly felt that way. And Kieran's point is that these people, people new to construction, young people, they may be scared, but they need the right support from those around them and the right training to give them the confidence to work safely. It was obvious from our conversation that they really care about how they work and what they put into it. I asked Kieran what the job gives him. I'll say more money, for one, 100%. Um, two, maturity levels, I'd say. Knowledge and... Um, more people skills and everything like that. You can be yourself, which is, I think it's the main thing for me, because I felt like a different person in Sainsbury's, whereas here it's like, it's free. Obviously you still got to do your safety wise, it's formal with your gaffers and everything like that. But I think I found myself a bit more when I came into this company to be fair. But yeah, it's like working with your family. So it's, yeah. On this project, Cementation Scanskit is part of an even bigger family. It's one of a number of suppliers working on HS2. Lee Davis is Programme Director with Costain, and he's part of the Joint Venture Board for delivering the project. For Lee, employing young people from the area is important, and it comes down to legacy. Why did I go to construction? Because I could have a legacy. I could build something which I could touch and feel and go, wow, I built that. But that's a tiny part of the legacy that construction in particular has, because it's got a social legacy. When we arrive in a, in a location, we, like we've come to Euston, we've got a responsibility to the, the society here to provide them value while the infrastructure is being built and make sure that it gives them value when it is built, not just people passing through. We've got people from that community working for us. It's really important that we did that because they're going to get the disruption of us being here. They need the benefit of us being here. Just like the Construction Youth Trust, Costain turned to the local community to reach young people who might otherwise have been missed. The easiest way here was finding a couple of the community, I wouldn't say leaders, but people who were known in the community and been here for a long time, um, and bring them into our organisation to come work with us, to make that link. The most engagement we've done is with roles that need less barrier to entry, so are less skilled roles, the security type roles and the traffic warden and traffic marshal type roles. They're the first ones that people get into because it's an easier start. But once they get into a construction place and the ones who are interested in developing themselves in, in our environment will quite quickly say, I want to be able to drive a dumper or drive a machine or lay bricks. And then, then they'll get trained and developed that way. 
But it's not all driving dumpers and laying bricks. The nature of construction work is changing, and that change means the need for more diverse skills. It won't be long before a shovel is something you hang on a wall of a museum and laugh at, just like you do an old plough and the drone by a horse now. People used to use those, ha, ha, ha. Because we're mechanised. It isn't going to be a manual industry. And as soon as you realise that its brain's not brawn that are building construction, then that opens me up to a huge bunch of individuals who wouldn't normally think construction was for them. So it's about battling and overturning that old-fashioned and outdated view of what construction is. It doesn't have to be dirty and it certainly doesn't have to be full of machismo. Here's Carol again. We need to get into schools and really inspire young people about the modern digital sector rather than the very, you know, manual, dirty boots sort of of sector. And I think that may be a way of opening up a more diverse pipeline of talent because it's not going to be the 50-year-olds like me that are going to be transforming the sector. It's going to be the people for whom digital and technology is, is second nature. They'll be able to see the opportunities for improving health and safety, improving productivity. The best machine drivers won't be the academics. They'll be the people who've got great hand-eye coordination and are calm and are considered and realise what they've got at their fingertips and use it. Well, they, they, they can dance with it. They can play tunes with it. If they're used to playing a computer game, they'll be soon used to doing construction because that's what we'll be doing, but in real life. Yeah, as the dad of a gaming-obsessed teenager, hearing that from Lee gave me a bit of an epiphany. So we know why Carol and Lee value getting young people into construction, but what do Kieran and I reckon that they themselves bring to the team? Well, I like to commit myself to my work. I'm young, most people are old, got more strength than them, so a bit of muscle. Um a bit of knowledge, I like to think. Hopefully, sometimes happiness. So, yeah, I'll, I'll say that. Uh, me, uh, most people are miserable, I don't know, because they've been doing well, it. You make, <laughs> you make people laugh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's good to bring, like, joy towards people and actually, like, make them feel happy and things like that. So, I, I'll say I just bring happiness and that. Okay. <laughs> happiness and sunshine. <laughs> what would you say to other young people out there that maybe didn't know what to do or didn't think that an opportunity like this that you've got would come their way? Um, what I'll say is you just have to be patient because if you want something, just don't be scared and just go for it. Like, if you dream something, you can do it. Yeah, just like you'll tell <laughs> Chase your dreams. <laughs> Chase your dreams. I love it. I think we all came away from that chat with Ike and Kieran with a bit of a spring in our step. Now, Kieran and I talked before about the importance of their families and the advice they got from them about the kind of work to go for. This takes me back to our session at Lewisham College. Some of the young people we met through the Construction Youth Trust don't necessarily have a nan like Kieran's or a sister like Ike's encouraging them. But what they had to say was equally impressive. You always have to follow health and safety regulations and rules and not try can't pass anything because you can put anyone, yourself or others, in danger. That safety is key and listening. Yeah, you always got to listen when on site to instructions. How easy is it, do you think, to speak up if you don't think something's safe? It's, it's pretty easy, but for some others, it might be difficult because of pressure. But it's an important thing to do. 
that if it needs to be done, it needs to be done. That's how I see it, literally. So I would happily say, the way you go about it, try to be respectful, because when you're actually listening to each other and speaking, then you're going to get somewhere. This really underlines the importance of what Carol and her team at the Construction Youth Trust are doing. They're managing to reach the people that ordinarily fall below the radar. They want to give them the chance to work on the construction projects that are shaping the future because these young people have so much to offer. Thanks to Ike and Kieran, Lee Davis and Carol Lynch for joining me. We'll be back next time with an episode looking at the changing attitudes to high-vis. This is Series 2 of the Active Training Team podcast. You can find our previous episodes on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Just search for the ATT Safety Leadership Podcast. And if you've got any feedback or ideas for future episodes, please get in touch. You can find us on Twitter, LinkedIn and at activetrainingteam.co.uk. I'm Adam Christopher. This episode was produced by Jane Long. Thank you so much, Jane. Thanks to everyone at ATT, Sophie J. I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and well.